0: Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us, and enjoy. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah. All right, I'm gonna let you be seated. But listen carefully. Don't you let your spirit sit down. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let me get over here and do this formally. If you're here for the very first time or you're viewing for the very first time from somebody may be searching the net and they just, they're accidentally showed up. We accidentally showed up. Well, we invite you right here. I use that phrase accidentally and... That's, you know, y'all know we don't do things accidentally. But, okay, but in their minds, okay? Uh, we welcome you to Omega Church. If you're searching, search is finished, man. Now you can start doing. Instead of just spending your whole life searching. You ever, run, you ever, you ever seen a dog run in, in a circle? That's what we humans do. Without Jesus, just running in a circle, chasing our tail. Tail chasers. <laughs> Amen. Well, if that's you, I got news for you today. It's over. Once you find Jesus, and you you let Him into your heart with His Spirit, His Word, your life will be transformed, changed. You'll never be the same. Never. Never, never be the same. And you know what? We're all glad that you ain't the same. I'm glad I'm not the same. Zona's very glad I'm not the same. (laughs) I am not the same person I used to be. And I'm glad. And I don't care what everybody thinks. As long as I know what God thinks. Amen? So, we, we invite you and just welcome you here. Thank God. We're going to dismiss our 180 at this time. Thank God for our 180. That's our youth ministry. It's growing, being productive. We thank God. That God's getting a hold of our young people. And uh, he'd probably rush it up a little bit if he'd just get a hold of us. That are a little bit older young people. Glory to God. Amen. I want to take a, 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 a invest a little time. I shouldn't say take time. I want to invest some time. I encourage you to go back to Wednesday morning. I mean Thursday morning. When Pastor Zorn is talking about the orchestration of the Holy Spirit. And she made some statements here. How many of you have ever you know, seen an orchestra or symphony come together and, and they're all over there tuning up and it sounded like a bunch of chaos because you know why? They're focusing on themselves. You know, maybe you're here today and your whole life is chaos, but maybe God's just tuning you up so that you can get, so he can cause you to come together and blessed harmony in what he's doing. So, you're not a hit and a miss? How many of you ever heard a guitar string, somebody's strumming on it and it's out of tune? Turn to your neighbor and say, God's tuning you up. <laughs> ding ding, ding ding, ding ding ding. You're, you're a ding dong. He's going to take the ding and the dong out. Amen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you might as well have fun because I'm going to, and you can sit there with a sour puss face. Right. But I'm going to have a good time. That's right. I'm too old now to care what you think. Amen. I should rephrase that. I'm too mature. Over to God. <laughs> Praise God. God's good. I want to encourage you to go back and listen to it because the conductor of this symphony is Jesus and he operates through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a song to sing. I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm trying to help you to see something right here. He has a song that needs to be played. And the church, I'm talking about the church, and thank God that God had us to name, rename this church Omega Church, Church for the End Time. The church has to come in, into harmony with the operation and the orchestration of the Holy Ghost. We've tried everything. We've tried all of our plans and our schemes to try to get people here when they got here they didn't seem much different than just a, a hangout place. Well, that went really big. But, but God's doing something different. He's doing something big. And He wants to do something big in you. He wants to get rid really, of really, our short-term, small, stinking thinking. You have an eternal significance. And God chose you to play in this symphony. But He's going to have to tune you up. You either get tuned up or you get tuned out. Because you, 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 you. <laughs> what, what Pastor Zona was referring to earlier when she was up here about Peter, the Jews thought that salvation only belonged and the baptism of the Holy Ghost only belonged to the Jews. It is to the Jew first, but it's also to the Gentile. God had to get Peter tuned into that. You can find this in the book of Acts. And he had to get him tuned into it because he had another man that was a devout man that was not a Jew. He was a Gentile. Cornelius. The Bible says that God heard him because of his almsgiving and his praying. And I got news for you. Listen to this. This is so powerful right here. God gave instructions to Cornelius and Peter by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost while they were praying. Not while they were griping, murmuring, and complaining and calling it prayer. When they were worshiping and and just praying and seeking what God wanted done, God gave them instructions and He put together a, 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 a strategy to introduce the Gentiles to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. She also mentioned, I just, I've got to throw you, God had a vision for Peter. And in that vision, big old sheep came down with a bunch of animals that were unclean. And God says, rise, kill up and eat. Kill it and eat it. And he said, not so, Lord. There won't be any unclean thing in my mouth. And this is what God said. I love it when God butts in to our little religious plans and schemes. And he said, Peter, don't you dare say, what I call clean, unclean. You better, you better appreciate this because you wouldn't be here today having the privilege of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you had God not had a strategy to get the Holy Ghost to the Gentiles. Wow, that's exciting. Don't limit God because of the littleness of your human reasoning. Don't limit Him. The Bible says we're not to limit the Holy One of Israel. Don't you put a limit on Him because you can't figure it out. God has never asked you to figure out anything. Whatever your circumstances are right now, God has never asked you to figure out anything. Never. He's never told us to figure out how he's going to change America. God never asked you to come into the planning committee. He does a thorough job of that all his own. What he wants you to do is find out his plan. He's going to reveal his plan. And then he wants you to follow the tactics of filling out. tactic is an action to that plan to that strategy. The strategy, listen carefully, the strategy, let let me give you a definition. A strategy is where God directs, and I'm going to use God, I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost in our generation. He directs, He's the overall director. And He directs and makes movements. He moves things around to accomplish a specific end. And it's always victorious. He said, well, Pastor Ronnie, God's told me to do something, and I did it, and somebody else didn't follow through on their part. Listen carefully. Always remember this. Any obedience to God is a victory for you. Even if somebody else doesn't cooperate with it. You go down... God tells you to go down here and witness to somebody and they didn't get saved when you saw them. Maybe God wanted you to plant a seed. Your job is not the outcome. Your job is to follow the strategy with the tactic. Okay? Okay? It's not for you and I to be the provider. You've got to know your part. Sometimes we... I don't know where we get it. I guess it's fallen human nature. It's kind of like the devil's attitude. He thinks that he can intervene and change God's plan. That's what got him in trouble. And that's what that fallen human nature gets us in trouble. Because... When God wants us to do something, he's not asking you to depend on yourself and he's not asking you to figure it out because if you'd figure it out, you'd get prideful. That's why we prophesy in part. Did you hear what I just said? We prophesy in part. God gives you a little bit and he'll give you enough so you can, you can follow through with the steps. He may sell you the vision. This is where we're going. He may tell you this is where we're going. But he doesn't give you everything in between. Except as you take the next step. Are you all here? Yes. Let me ask you a question. How many of you think that you can map out the next 15 years of your life in detail? If you do, you're insane. just about as loony as the devil. You can't do that. And any preacher that gets up and says, well, I knew from the very beginning. No, you didn't know from the very beginning. You, you lied like a dog, you big prideful thing, you. You may have had an inclination and he may have given you, but you know what I find out about vision? A vision's usually a way out there And I can see a little bit, but it's not until I get closer to it do I see detail. And anybody that thinks they know all the details, don't. I don't know how, somebody needed to hear that. Jehovah Jireh is what we're talking about for this whole month. That is, Jehovah will see to it. He sees and he provides. God is provision. He's not division. If you discern... In Genesis chapter 22, if you can discern and get understanding by the Holy Ghost, he will reveal to you what Abraham saw when he spoke the name Jehovah-Jireh. And he made this statement to Isaac. God will provide. The word provide there is the Hebrew word, R A A H. And it's a verb and it means to see, look at, inspect, perceive, consider, have vision. I know I'm going pretty fast, but you can always push the pause button and the repeat. Okay. Look after. See after. Now you look after somebody, but we, when you look in, you're looking after something, you're taking care of it, but you're also seeing after it. Seeing after. Observe. Here we all know God's observing. He's way out there, in our mind, way out there somewhere. And he's watching over this, and he's just looking at it. And you, know, no, and, you know, I don't know how he does it, but he counts every hair on your head every day. On Everybody. And he doesn't get your hair mixed up with mine. Okay? God knows what he's doing. Man just doesn't give God credit. It also means to watch. God is watching. The Bible tells us God's watching over his word to perform it. Watching. Look out. God is a lookout. He's a lookout over you. Find out. God will find out. Now, all of those things come together to give, get us right where I want to get to the latter part of this definition for this word. And it means to appear. It means God is going to see to it. He's going to look out after it. He's going to perceive it. He's going to consider it. He's going to have vision from the foundation of the world. It means He's going to look after. He's going to see after, observe, watch, look out, find out to appear and present oneself God himself is going to be seen and he's going to be visible in the situation Are you following that? There's one thing we need to understand. God is not called into in He's not defined in the religious confinements of bondage. I hope you got that. He's not confined. He's not in prison to it. Do you know God's not in prison to your precept or what you think he ought to do? Turn to your neighbor and say, that pea brain you have? He's not not confined to that. He's not confined to it. I used to think I was a real thinker. Until I found out that God, when there was nothing but chaos, thought of me. I was a thought Before my parents ever conceived me, I was a thought in the heart of God. And I was a surprise. (laughs) I just want you to know all of you are. Because I promise you, when you were conceived, your parents weren't thinking about you. so you are surprised. In Zona and Zeta's case, they got a double whammy of a surprise. (laughs) Twins, you know. Man. Think about this. Two people being conceived at one time, but they're both individual thought. Now tell me how much of a thinker you are. What would happen if you had triplets? Believe me, twins are enough. (laughs) And Zona says, one is enough. We're going to read scripture here in just a minute. Just hang on to your britches. That means God's going to appear, present himself to be seen and to be visualized. Now that he's going to be visible. God told Isaac that on the way to Mount Moriah to offer Isaac as a sacrifice. God, uh, uh, Abraham says, God will Provide. He will see to it. He is going to intervene himself and he himself is going to be visible in this situation. And he himself is going to be on the scene and provide himself a substitute. Himself is the substitute. Let me put it this way. We all look at Jesus being a substitute on the cross. But what about God being a substitute? For your need. You can't fulfill your need. You don't have enough jobs. To keep up with inflation. But God will provide himself. A substitute. His blessing. Is a substitute. For the inflated. and, and, And absolutely. Manipulated system. God himself is going to provide himself a substitute. His blessing is a substitute. And what a substitute. If you can get a perception of that, then you'll get a perception of of that he is going to substitute his righteousness for your unrighteousness. And what a substitute. You think about that? What a substitute. All right. I, I, you go back to May 3rd and listen to that one because of time's sake. Because I've got somewhere I, want to, I need to get to today. <clears throat> In Hebrews chapter 11, verses 17 through 19. And I'm going to read it out of the King James Can you pull it up there, guys? By faith, Abraham, when he was tried. Now, why was he tried? Giving up his only son. Okay? Offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises, offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Now I want you to get the concept here and get the understanding. I'm going to make a couple of bold statements. God will do nothing on earth unless he can find a man or woman, mankind, that will cooperate with him. So that means he'll do nothing in your life. He can't unless you will cooperate with him. Do you know you didn't get saved on your own? The Bible says in John chapter number 1, you didn't get saved by your own will. It wasn't by your determination to get saved. You didn't go to God and say, you're going to save me. It was God's will to save you. It was in His mind to save you. And what you have to do is cooperate with it. You follow So God does nothing on earth unless he can find somebody to cooperate with him. Abraham did this and God counted it as a figure. Okay? As a figure. I'm going to define it for you here in just a minute. As a figure. Abraham, listen carefully. Before Jesus came, Abraham had to do this first. God has a plan, Holy Ghost strategy. God had, Abraham had to cooperate with God first to give God permission to do what he was going to do on earth. And you're looking at me, you're saying, well, now, Pastor Ronnie, God can just do whatever he wants to. Not, listen carefully, God, can you, do you believe God can violate his word? Then God can't do what he wants to God doesn't want to violate his word. And he won't violate it. And he won't violate it for you or me or anybody else. When God speaks his word, he's committed to it. He can't back off from it. He starts it with his mouth. And guess what? It cannot leave his mouth and return back to him void. He's not, he doesn't speak empty words. So if God had a, had Jesus... From the very foundation of the world, be the sacrificial lamb, he had to find a man. He said he he looked on earth and he couldn't find an intercessor. So God says, I'll do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the intercessor. So that's why Jesus came in the form of a man. But God couldn't do that without Abraham doing it first can I put it to you another way God can't move in your life without you first obey him now I'm going to shake you up because you need to be shook up right now God is not going to prosper you just because he wants to You're going to have to cooperate with what he wants. So that means you probably will have to start tithing first. That went really big. Well, I knew he was going to get on that. Well, sit there and be stubborn. Ain't going to bother me. Because I I understand. I got to do it first. It's kind of like a farmer cannot receive a harvest unless he plants a seed. Do you know that the Bible says that if you're sitting there, you got to cast your seed. You got to cast your seed upon the water. You cast your seed, and then it'll come back after many days, multiplied. Okay, who had to do it first? God or you? You did. On Earth, God had the plan from the foundation of the world before you ever got here. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Uh, let, let me let me take it out of the money context. God cannot forgive you if you won't forgive. He says, Jesus said it. Forgive, and it shall be forgiven you. you, And you said, Well, brother, Brother Ronnie, you just don't know what they've done. You don't know how much that irritates me. Well, how much do you think it irritates God, your sin? Okay? I, I know I'm kind of teaching right now. I'm not, I'm not preaching, but we'll get to the preaching part in a minute. You have to you, when when even obeying God, going against the grain of fallen human nature's emotions. When you do that, God receives it as a sacrifice of praise. That's a sacrifice of praise. Your obedience to God is a sacrifice of praise. Not just your singing of a song. It's a sacrifice of praise. And when you, when, when you and I obey God and forgive first. I, God, you said to forgive, so I'm going to forgive. When you do that, then God releases you from that unforgiveness... And he forgives your unforgiveness. Are you following me? But if I, don't, if I don't step out in obedience to forgive, then he cannot release me from my unforgiveness. I don't know who I'm talking to. I'm talking to somebody right here, right now. And it's an act not of emotion. It's an act of obedience. Kind of like a, a parent telling, if you do what I tell you to do, it'll turn out right. How many of you ever tried to talk to your kids? I, I see one, I, I see Phyllis went like this. <laughs> 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 what, what, if you, what if you have, uh, uh, what if all humanity was your kids? All right. We're getting somewhere. This word figure, Abraham offering Isaac, is a figure. That's what we read there. God considered it a figure. This word figure has to do with an earthly story of a heavenly meaning. I want to say that one more time. An earthly story of a heavenly meaning. So God looked at it and said, Abraham, you have no idea what you just did. Now you understand why God says, Abraham, you're my friend. You're my friend. I'm calling you the father of faith on earth. You're my friend because you cooperated with me and gave me permission to do the same thing. Let me just say this. What do you think he's telling the church today? There's nothing new under the sun. Ecclesiastes 1, 9 and 10 says that. Same pattern. God is saying to the church, give me permission. I want to intervene in your generation. Now give me permission to do so. Then he's going to turn around and say, you are my friend in the last days. Now I can pour out my spirit upon all flesh, cause you gave me permission by allowing me to pour it out on you first. Amen. But when we go, when we go, when, when the church gathers, we have our own little agenda because of our pea brain thinking. God's got something bigger than your life than just paying your light bill. Thank God he starts with your light bill, but he ain't thinking about your light bill. He's thinking beyond that little bitty, you know, that little piece of candy. He's provision. Pretty soon you start saying, if God can intervene with me paying my light bill, do you think He can help me pay my rent? Do you think he can put some meat on my table? And I'm not talking about ground leftover. You see, we need to quit letting government be the God. Because the government cannot provide for everybody. That's the fallacy of fallen human nature. It's it's socialism which leads to Marxism. Marx, Marx, do you realize that Marx was an anti-God ideology came through? Anti-God. I'm God, I'll provide. And guess how I'm going to provide for myself? Taken from you and you and you and you and making it a dog-eat-dog world out there, and only 1% get to eat the rest of the dogs. It's anti-God. Free enterprise is different. See, we, we, all, we always think they need to be separated from the church. No. They, they, these, these concepts came from the Word of God. Were God's blessing comes upon the work of your hands and causes it to produce beyond just the work of your hands. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and addeth no sorrow with it. To where God blesses it till you have more than what you need so you can share even if it's through a medium of exchange called maybe money. But you're producing more than what you and your family needs. It's way above just you scratching it. You know, we were saying here and I thought about it. Jesus, maybe I'll get to use it. So I'm going to use it right now. You can either soar with eagles or you can squawk with the chickens. And there's been too many squawking of the chickens in the church. You know what chickens do? They scratch and they peck. (laughs) Guess what we do? Well, I'm trying to scratch out a living. You want to scratch out a living or you want to be like an eagle that flies and soars and chooses its prey? Looks away out there and says, I'm coming after you. You're going to be my dinner tonight. You see what God's doing? He said, He's got to find some people like that to be. I had somebody ask me one time. Uh, 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 they asked me said do you think God wants everybody all Christians to prosper? Absolutely. Cuz without Christians prospering the 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 nation, the society cannot make it. Do you know God's blessing is bigger than inflation, deflation, recession, depression? Keeps you going. Keeps you sailing because you're living it by faith. I'm kind of getting sidetracked there. But it's an earthly story. Figure is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Now, what does that mean? God provides himself as the winning strategy. God himself is the winning strategy. Now, God will see to it, Jehovah-Jireh, he will see to it to provide himself of all that he is. He'll provide you joy when ain't nothing to be happy about. Everybody say joy. joy. Glory to God. I like, I like the pastors. Only got up here, Richard, saying that song. Make her sing it. I said, I was going to do it, but she beat me to it. <laughs> God's going to provide himself. He's going to intervene, but you grant him permission through your obedience. And then sometimes it takes a little while to unfold all that. you, you understand what I'm saying? See, God doesn't think, he he doesn't think in terms, how would I say it? God doesn't put a band-aid over it. God does a thorough job. He starts, he finishes, he does a thorough job. Do you know that the salvation, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is a thorough job? It's so thorough he only has to do it one time. Oh, I see something right now. The church has been too busy about always getting my fat out of the fire. But God wants to move us to a place that He only has to do it one time. That He pulls that fat out of the fire so much that He won't ever get close to the fire again. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Most people think, well, God wants to heal. God wants to heal. He wants to heal. Yes, He does. But He wants to to heal you so you'll be healthy. Fulfill your destiny. He doesn't want you to just get over your pain and symptoms temporarily. You you understand? It's the same thing with salvation. When He forgives forgives you of your sins, those sins are not just forgiven until the next time when you fail. He does a thorough job. Everybody say thorough. Thorough. Glory to God. Who wants to go back to that nonsense? I don't want to go back. I've already tasted that the Lord is good. I like goodness better than badness. Stay with me now. This word, I want you to get the connection here. Figure again is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. God wants to come into your life and make your life an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Do you know that God's still writing the Bible in the hearts of people? The Holy Ghost, He's writing it. He's inscribing it on the tables of your heart. He's still writing it. We look at people like the patriarchs, like Abraham, and we look, well, man, I wish I'd be Abraham. I wish I could be, you know. You're just as, you're, God looks at all of us as if we are Abraham in that context. Do you understand? People of faith. And God wants to write in your life an earthly story with a heavenly meaning so that you give Him permission to witness through you. Now, here's what I want you to see. Witnesses. What did Jesus tell them on His ascension? Go to Jerusalem. Wait until you be endued with power from on high. So you're going to be witnesses. He didn't say you had witnessed. He said you would be something. That means your whole life will be a earthly story with a heavenly meaning. You're not down here to try to survive on earth until you go uh, and die and go to be with with heaven and with Jesus. You're down here to let your life be the story that God is writing and has a heavenly significance. That heavenly significance now becomes a witness just like we're reading about Abraham and the figure of his story that was written by offering up Isaac on that mountain and the miraculous thing where God intervened into his story so that it will be a witness to a generation that looks at God as just a figure of imagination. Do you know that they they look at Jesus and the resurrection as nothing more than a Mickey Mouse? That's why they worship technology. They worship technology because we can hear a mouse speak. And a mouse and a duck get along until we get intense and we start looking at things in the future about how they are and then they try to shake they're doing that to get you to think in terms like that and have you noticed that all of the futuristic movies years later starts coming up with the same thing in society Have 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 you ever thought about that what do you think that is They made technology your God. We looked at it as amusement. What were they doing? They were using the amusement to gain permission to operate in your life with that. But God. Everybody say, but God. We don't want to stay on the negative. I love it when God butts in. Think about this. The Holy Ghost, we're talking about Holy Ghost strategy. That's the art of planning and directing overall operations of movements to achieve a specific outcome. God, through the Holy Spirit, wants to take and absolutely direct and make movements of an overall life to make your life come out with a specific outcome. So that your life now becomes an earthly story that has a heavenly meaning on on earth, and they can see that heaven and earth are not that far apart; they actually are coming together. I hope you're understanding what I'm saying, trying to say anyway. Holy Ghost, I'm really counting on you to get this across. Acts chapter one: You shall be witnesses. You know what a witness is? It's someone who provides evidence. God wants your life to be the evidence that He's real. The world needs to see the evidence that this is not just a fake put-on show. Now, now, listen very carefully. We're not we're not like Hollywood that has to put on smoke and mirrors. Hollywood we look at Hollywood we look at Hollywood you don't know how many edits they had to take take 1 up oh, cut take 2 cut and then they had to do a hundred of those and then they take all 100 of them to piece each how would i say each little movement word frame to come together to make it look like it was perfect. How many of you now have seen people on Facebook that use use their little electronic device to make themselves look perfect? I'm ten pounds lighter. Huh? I'm 100 years old, but I look like I'm 30. <laughs> How many of you have had some people that you knew a long time ago, and, and, and then you saw them on Facebook and you looked at them and you looked at their, 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 that photo and you thought, Dear God, I don't remember them looking like that? <laughs> Smoke and mirrors. And, we, and, and, they, and what I'm telling you is our, our society looks at the church like that. That's religion. Jesus sent the Holy Ghost to take all the religious ideas out of your head. Because religion is nothing more, listen carefully, nothing more than man-made thoughts about what God ought to be. And it's influenced by fallen human nature. And it has a perverted look. It's completely, it's completely a lie. Completely. But the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Truth, He knows how to convict you Convince you, change you, and absolutely make your life a heavenly outcome that has nothing more to do than you yielding in obedience to Him. I remember, (laughs) I don't know why I want to tell this story now, but I'm going to. I remember there was a man that my dad dealt with. Uh, his name was Carl Maynard. Carl Maynard was a piece of work. And I'm not talking about a God work. He was an alcoholic. And, but he hung around the church. I mean, he even tried to commit suicide by cutting his wrists. My mother had to... Had to uh, he couldn't use his wrists after that for a while... So my mother had to hand feed him. Stories upon stories. I'd have to get my siblings up here. You wouldn't believe the stories. And anyway, Carl Maynard, my dad, we lived behind the church. And when I mean live behind the church, I'm talking about from this platform to the back wall. That's how far we live from the church. And in between is kind of like a little driveway through. And Carl Maynard uh, saw my dad going out to the church and he'd come back. He was a painter. And he was so frustrated after doing a job because he'd got halfway through and then the, the woman of the house changed her mind, want the paint color changed. And he was frustrated. Totally frustrated. So because he had been an alcoholic, he's just. My dad's going out to church to pray. And he told told my dad what happened. He said, I'm just going to go down here, down the road. It's amazing how far the bars are from the church. Not too far. Unless you're in an uppity place. Y'all missed that. (laughs) I love it when God puts the church right in the center of nonsense. Anyway. So he says, "I'm going to go down to a bar, just a few blocks down the road." And he says, "I'm going to get drunk." And my dad turned to him and he said, "You'll never get the bottle to your lips, never." He said, "Oh, brother Allen," he just went on down. The road. He went into the bar, and he said, "Get me three beers, and I want all the, I want them all open." I mean, he's determined to get drunk. He's not determined just to have a cool. And he picks up that first bottle, and he gets it about right here. And then his hand goes like this. And throws all the beer out of that bottle. And he grabs his hand, and he sets it back down. He grabs the second one, and he picks it up to go, and he gets it about right here. And his hand goes like this, and shakes it all out. He grabs his hand and puts it back down. And he runs out of the bar, runs all the way back to the church... Burst into the church uh, uh, auditorium and says, Oh my God, Brother Allen, you don't know how much power you have with God. (laughs) That's what our generation's got to see. But to do that, we're going to have to cooperate with God. What What I'm emphasizing to you today is that you and I need to understand God wants to provide himself. A substitute, listen carefully, for your plans. He wants to provide himself not only a substitute for your plans, but he wants to provide himself as the provision of your life. He wants to substitute himself, listen carefully, of the power, the energy to your body. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he shall quicken, make alive your mortal body. The world needs to see that the church can live long and strong. He not only wants to provide himself for those things, he wants to provide himself as a Savior or a safety for you. Now listen very carefully. I am for the First Amendment. But you better understand one thing about the First Amendment. You better have God before a gun. Are you following me? He wants to provide himself And see to it that you have some joy when ain't nothing to be happy about. He wants to provide himself as your peace. Peace is not when everything's going well. Peace is where you have a tranquil state of undisturbed composure when everything seems like it's going to hell in a handbasket. He wants to give you a song... He wants to be the song in your heart, the spring in your step, and the sparkle in your eye. When everybody says we're all going to hell. Do you know why the church is not, we've had to resort to the smoke and mirrors of Hollywood? Because we haven't had the joy of the Holy Ghost in the church. So we had to pretend. And then it starts falling apart. Thank goodness that I, I'm not thanking God for COVID. I'm thanking God for what it did to fruit basket turning over. Amen. The chessboard being slid out. And now we're, we're in a great shape because we're having to move closer and closer to the absolute dependence of the Holy Ghost. I got news for you, just good thing you're sitting down, because you may fall down on this one. We're going to get to the point, you better listen carefully, we're going to get to the point. Before it gets better, you're going to get to the point that you're going to have to depend on God to be your total, total provision. He's been preparing the church. And during this time, listen carefully, during the 19, 1920s to the, through the 1930s when we had in, in the American history the, the Great Depression, people had to depend on God to survive. To God. I mean, the government would get handouts so they'd give you a cup of soup and a piece of bread. But do you know that there were people made very wealthy during the Great Depression. What do you think he wants to do to the church? Because the church would be in a position that at least there'd be some soup bone in the soup. You follow what I'm saying? Because the the government's broke. The government's broke. This is an exciting time. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. When the, when the world is saying, oh, my God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Oh, the sky is falling. God is saying, the sky is going to intervene. Amen. Glory to God. All right, I'm, I'm almost through. Y'all are almost here. Give me Proverbs chapter 4 verses 5 through 9 real quick and then we're going to read one more and then we're we're going we're going to sing, Richard. Proverbs chapter 4 verses 5 through 9 out of the Passion Translation. Look at this. So make wisdom your quest. We're talking about God's wisdom, not earthly wisdom. Search for the revelation of life's meaning. The revelation of life's meaning is, is what? That God would invert himself. He would insert himself. Not invert, but insert himself. And see to it. into your life. That your life has an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. I, let me put it this way. I'm, I'm confessing for myself. I am an ambassador from heaven. My life is going to be demonstrations of the ambassadorship that I have been authorized with. I'm here to do business for the king. Well, don't let what I say go in one ear and out the other like a lot of my preaching has done in the past. Stick with wisdom, and she will stick to you. That's why I married with Zona. Notice she's a she. I'm sticking with wisdom, and she's going to stick to me. Protecting you throughout your days. She will rescue all those who passionately listen to her voice. Wisdom is the most valuable commodity. So buy it. Revelation knowledge is what you need. So invest in it. Wisdom will exalt you when you exalt her truth. She will lead you to honor and favor when you live your life by her insights. You will be adorned with beauty and grace and wisdom's glory will wrap itself around you making you the victor, uh, victorious in the race. God's talking about you. He's talking about you. One last one. 1 John 20. I mean 1 John 2.20. King James. But I have an unction. Or you have. I'm, but you have an unction from the Holy One. And you know. Listen carefully. And you know all things. That's a phrase, man. You know all things. How many of you lately in the last few years have been you've been kind of confused, wondering what's going on? Any, anybody here? Anybody with me? Right here it says you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. You're not disturbed because you know, you know what's going on. Not disturbed. Not disturbed. Watch this. The word unction comes from the, uh, it rises from the, uh, the Latin word and it arises from the link between religious f- uh, fervor. I got Zona on hold of me now. <laughs> fervor, thank you. Religious fervor, it, it's the link, listen to this, of religious fervor and anointing with the Holy Spirit. So we look out there and we see things aren't right and it brings an indignation, a righteous indignation and it stirs you. But then when you couple that with the anointing of the Holy Ghost, you're not just being angry because the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. But now you're empowered by the Holy Spirit so He can take your life story and it be an earthly story of the power of God from heaven with an earthly meaning. And somebody at the grocery store, at the filling station, when they're there murmuring and griping about the price of beans and gas. i put those two together. <laughs> You're going to say... You don't have enough to pay your bill. You don't have enough to put gas in your automobile. Glory to God. I have an anointing from the Holy One, and here I'm going to pay for it. Yes. Instead of the church being, oh my God, what are we going to do? I'm going to close with this as far as provision goes, when financial provision. I don't see this in the scripture that Abraham was made rich by the social security system. I don't see that. But guess what? The American people, the older of our generation in the church, is so fearful that we're not going to increase the debt ceiling and we've let politicians put fear in us so that they can motivate us to put pressure on the other members of Congress to increase the debt ceiling because we're not going to get our Social Security check. It's been a tactic for years. I'm not saying they should or should not. I'm trying to tell you that's not what God says he's going to base his provision on. And he didn't say, you know, work all your life and wait until you're 65. God's not limited to the social security system, and you better thank God for that. Abraham didn't live off of social security. God made him rich. It was a man-made system that could be manipulated. That's why the politicians did it. But the Word of God can't be manipulated. And God doesn't have a broken down system that doesn't have the means to pay for it. You say, Pastor Ronnie, well, what am I going to do? I'm too old. Did God cause ravens to bring steak to the prophet by a dried up creek? That literally happened. That wasn't just a figure of a fairy tale. I'm just saying to you, you've got to get your, your mind has been programmed to image that. God's able to... We get up here and make this statement. God's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to His power that works in us. Let His power work in you and He'll bring provision. How's he going to bring... God never asked you to figure all that out. If you do have to have a job and you're a little bit older, then God will quicken your mortal body to do so. And if he doesn't want to do it that way, he's gonna... he can make you rich without any toilsome labor. Are y'all getting what I'm trying to help you see? I want you to throw all that nonsense out the window. God's got to break all that stuff off of us. He's got to peel us like an onion because it's been programmed year in and year out into us to the point that we think, Dear God, if we don't have this, we're going to fall apart. Are you kidding me? God's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to His power that works in us. The Holy Ghost is bigger than the Social Security system, than the U.S. government, the State House, the White House. The peak house. For all the social butterflies. I just want you to I want you to start looking at how big God is. In the midst of all this chaos, He can set you up for life. Oh, I'm sorry that's not good news to you. But it's, it's great news for me. Yes, I, God's always made me to know my best and my biggest financial blessings are coming in my latter years. And when I say latter, I'm not talking about the last moments. I'm talking about the, 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 the season of my life. Yes, amen. You're going to have to stick around. If Jesus tarries, I'm going to be 100 years old. I'm going to preach my last sermon. I'm going to give my biggest offering that I've ever given. (laughs) Biggest. I'm going to be like David of old when he told Solomon, you're going to build this temple, and then he gave $580 million. I'm not quite there yet. (laughs) You say, well, how could he do that? God's blessing. Glory to God. Stand up. We've got to sing this song. What, what song are we singing, Richard? Take you at your word. You at your word. Glory yeah. to God. And then I'm going to come back and we're going to pray. I'm going to pray for you. And if you don't know Jesus, get ready to meet him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I want you to be honest with yourself right now. Turn, turn up the lights just a little bit, guys. Want, they see my face, but I want to see theirs. Yeah. I want you to be honest with yourself right now. If you've had fear, harassment by fear is what I'm really referring to. Because of all the nonsense that's going on about what's going to happen with the economy, Inflation, deflation, you have it. If you've had any concern about that at all, any, you've had to fight it off. You may be stepping in faith, and you may have been fighting tooth and toenail. But if you've had any concern, I want you to come up here right now. You that are viewing by live stream. I want to include you on this. Glory to God. Oh, Hallelujah. Glory to God. (laughs) God does not want you to have disturbed composure. He wants you to have undisturbed composure. Now, listen very carefully. I'm going to make a statement right here. I'm going to pray for you. The power of God is here. In the book of Philippians, chapter 4, I believe it's verse 18, makes this statement. I'll quote it out of the King James. Let him that stole steal no more. But rather let him labor working with his hands. Watch this. It doesn't say let him labor working with his hands to provide for his need. It said let him labor working with his hands that he may have to give. See when you're working we're, we're, this is our condition. We're working, and you, you want to work to make a living. That's, it, that's exactly what we've been programmed. That's not, God, that's not a biblical plan, that's a self made man plan. Now, if you know me very much, you know I'm not for lazy people, and God doesn't bless lazy people. That's not work. But let him labor, working with his hands that he may have to give. Don't make work your God. Do you understand the difference? Because you can work and slave and still be gone. Poof, like that. Learn to give when God says to give. I'm not just talking about the church offering, that ain't what I'm talking about. I'm not going to take up an offering. I'm talking about learn how. That's the leadership of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is probably, he'll probably tell you to do something and you're, oh dear God, I can't, can I do that? Can I take that $50? I need gas in my vehicle. Can I, and you want me to give, you want me to to pay for this person's groceries behind me? Dear Jesus, I'm, do you have many kids I got? You know what I'm saying? That kind of thing learn to give God wants you to live off the harvest of your seed do you follow that he doesn't want you to try to make the living that you're dreaming we call it the American dream the American dream's gone my friend okay God wants you to let him dream Are are you understanding? Let him dream through you. Let let, let the Holy Ghost give you a dream and then just believe God for it. Don't worry about it. Have that undisturbed composure and say, God, whatever you want me to do, whenever you want me to do it, I'm going to do it. it I came in naked and I'm leaving naked. (laughs) And if you don't see my nakedness, too bad. Because guess what? It ain't going to make no difference to me whether you see it or not. I'm out of here. Do you know somebody will have to probably dress me? (laughs) My point is, understand that God never intended you to work your finger to the bone. This is all manipulated by the devil to keep you from enjoying life And learning to praise and live and live 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 in peace and God's turning listen carefully he's turning this over but it is a process and he doesn't want God's people to fear it we're leaving what we've known because God wants to bring you into something else are you following what I'm saying but you got to make this transition in your reasoning, in your head. Learn to listen to the Holy Ghost. Are you following me? Glory to God. Now, Father, I thank you right now. Lift, yeah, get praise God. Lift your hands to him. Receive from him. You're open. Father, I'm i I'm including those that are viewing by live stream right now. Father, I'm I'm yours. And Lord, I read in the Bible where David said, I was once young and now I'm old. And I have never seen the righteous forsaken. Or his seed out begging bread. Oh, glory to God. You're children of the King. He prepares a table for you. In the presence of the enemy of recession, depression, inflation, deflation. He sets a table. He's got to spread. Glory to God. And he wants you to live in a confidence knowing that God is your provider. He's going to insert himself. If you learn to let Him lead you in your giving, He will insert Himself and see to it that you are supplied according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You're not going to be begging for bread. That's right. In fact, you're going to be a giver of bread. Glory to God. Glory to God. Right now, just soak that up. Soak it up. Soak it up. Begin to praise and worship God with that. Soak it up. You're going to be a giver of bread, not a beggar of bread. You're the child of the king. Glory to God. You were a pauper. Now you live in his righteousness. Now, Holy Spirit, we thank you for being the great teacher. To teach us to hear your voice and to obey you promptly. Holy Ghost, burn out all that doubt and unbelief and arguing with you. Help us to learn to be spontaneous With you. Listen carefully what I said. Don't do something out of spontaneousness, but spontaneous with Him. When He prompts, we spontaneously obey. That's our response. Glory to God. Glory to God. Spirit of of carnal thinking right now, it's broken. Spirit-led. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, I see big harvest. 30, 60, and 100-fold. 30, 60, and 100-fold. 30, 60, 100-fold. 30, 60, 60, 100-fold. Glory to God. For Jehovah is my Jireh. He's going to see to it. Now, learn to walk in his wisdom. I want to say this last thing to you. Remember this phrase faith for finances. Faith. You're going to have to operate by faith. Second, wisdom for wealth. God wants you to learn to live by faith, but he wants you to walk in wisdom so you have wealth. And wealth, you're not always seeking wealth. You have it because you have the wisdom of God when you get your big windfalls. You're not consuming it on fleshly thinking. You follow? You get your windfalls. They're going to come, but you're going to have faith for those finances between the windfalls. Are are everybody with me? Glory to God. You're not going to fear this. You're going to walk in blessing. You're going to come in here, and we're going to have to get that song out. Look what the Lord has done. Amen. Amen. Huh? You like coming here? Don't, Don't look at me like that. Well, now, Brother Ronnie. If somebody just handed you $10,000, would you come in here? Even if you couldn't sing, you'd be singing. Are are you following what I'm saying? Glory to God. Well, I'm going to tell you there's a bigger blessing than that. There's a much bigger blessing than that. You want to tell you what it is? I'm giving you a secret right now. This is a big secret is you be the giver of the 10,000. Yes. Yes. I've had to learn some stuff in my life. Uh, People tell me, I don't want to work like I used to work. I used to work to prove that I'm going to prove it. And I don't want to work like that. I don't mind work, but I don't want to work like that. I want to work in cooperation with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. If it means outside working, mowing the grass, that's fine. But this time I want to work with the Holy Ghost. So, glory to God. Because all the toil of my hands cannot produce one ounce of His blessing. Right. Right. But with His blessing, I can work a little bit and make it look like I worked a whole lot. Amen. See what I'm saying? That's the difference. Father, I thank you right now. If there's anybody that doesn't know you, I thank you that you drew them here by your spirit. Oh, Holy Ghost, take this word. Absolutely echo it in their hearts. Father, I thank you right now in the mighty name of Jesus that they would surrender to you. And learn to be led by you. Lord, I thank you that their spirit would come alive. Now, Father, I thank you right now. Glory be to God for healing, spirit, soul, and body. I thank you, Father, right now in the mighty name of Jesus that your grace surrounds us like a shield, follows us wherever we go. The voice of another we won't follow. Because we hear your voice clearly and plainly. Father, we thank you that we, you have commissioned your angels to watch over us, our families, our properties, our goods. And you've given us the name that's above every name to use. And we get to use your name and we invoke it right now. Say this with me out loud "In in the name of Jesus. There'll be no tragedy. Named among any of us. Father, I thank you that you fill us so full of your love. that if we go into our everyday life and every person we come in contact with, that your love would ooze out of us and touch them with the truth of the gospel. We give you the praise and the thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, give somebody a high five. Say, it feels good to be financially free thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.